This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, this is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. Huge news last week in the footballing world Jurgen Klopp announced that he will be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. We also had Xavi saying that he's leaving Barcelona as well. Nigel, anything to tell us? What's happening in May? <laughs> well, not, not, there's not big news yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I've, I have been interviewed for both jobs, but I won't move I won't move to Barcelona and I won't move to Liverpool. I want to stay in London. Okay, but you're not leaving the position. You're not, you're not, you know, you think, you know. No, not not just yet. No, well, okay. I, I, the announcement will come. I'll do it like via um, a big announcement via, via my TikTok channel. <laughs> <laughs> From a betting point of view, uh, fellas, I mean, what does it mean here? I mean, Liverpool beat Norwich easy enough in the cup at the weekend. Is it something you take notice of the first few games? Do you forget about it? Does it make any interest, any difference at all to the way that you approach Liverpool? Jack, I'll throw that one to you first. Well, I think with this one, we've got Liverpool uh, have been in sensational form anyway, haven't they? And you, what way do you look at it? Do you look at it, it's going to hurt them a little bit? Are they going to think, oh, like our, our kind of lead, our inspirations go in? Or are they going to want to do as best they can for him and scoop up as many titles for him to send him on his way? And I think probably the latter, to be fair. Um, you know what the crowd are like at Anfield. That's going to be multiplied we saw it a bit yesterday and obviously it was a big game for them yesterday and they did manage to come out on top somehow um but just just edged home but yeah i think um no we know you're generally going to be um struggling to get much value in liverpool at the best of times that's probably going to be even worse from now on until the end of the season but uh yeah i expect them to raise their game they won't drop the ball um with that news i guess in a way nigel it's it's more about Maybe the managers, the coaches that could be unsettled. Xabi Alonso has been touted. He's the minus 200 favourite to get the job permanently next. And his Leverkusen side dropped points. Didn't score, I think, for the first time at the weekend as well. I mean, I mean, is there any sort of angles we should be looking at for, uh, from a betting point of view when, when these announcements are made? Well, I've been trying to sort of weigh up how the news is going to be for Liverpool because I'm quite heavy on Liverpool this season and a lot of lot of markets so I'm a big Liverpool fan and, and I was thinking is this a positive for me or is it negative for me um, and I'm still not quite sure what way if it's a positive or negative um, I think for Liverpool players they will want to know who's the successor and they'll, they'll want to know pretty soon because they're going to think about their futures they might be out of contracts so I think it's very important for them to get the right man it does appear to be it's going to be Alonso and I think that will be the betting angle the decline in Leverkusen you know that, that might be the betting angle rather than the decline of Liverpool um, the Zerbi's being linked with it. I think he's going to be a second choice. I think, you know, he's number one, Alonso. And I think if they can get Alonso and they can tie it up, you know, that he announced that he's leaving, I think that will galvanise Liverpool even more because I think the players will realise they're getting a top quality coach. A man, the fans will be really happy because he obviously knows the club inside out. He's been a player there and played in massive matches for Liverpool. And um, I think that that's important. So I think it's the next step that's the most important what's happened now. 
So I wouldn't be surprised to see a decline from Leverkusen because the speculation is going to be on him. And the players, their heads will be turned thinking, you know, our man is, totally, we, we've put all our trust into this guy. Klopp's a different, he's not going to another club. I think if someone knew went to, I think that if he went to another club, I think that might be a little bit different. So uh, I'm interested to see what's happened. I mean, it, it, I, uh, you know, we, we don't, we, we, the jury stood out on what they're going to do for Liverpool, but I think Leverkusen, and I think they have to announce relatively quickly who, who's going to be the successor as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, current prices, uh, we're recording Monday morning UK time. Xavi Alonso minus 200 plus 600, Roberto De Zerbi. Pep Linders plus 800, Zidane plus 1400. Same price, Nagelsmann and Postacoglu uh, for, uh, plus 1400 and Diego Simeone at plus 2000. Always difficult managers' markets. You know, there's no real sort of value in you either know or you don't. You've got the inside track or you haven't. And I think that Xavi Alonso are probably the right favourite. In terms of prices, uh, Jack. For Liverpool, they're in four tournaments, of course. Premier League plus 250, FA Cup plus 300. League Cup, they're through to the final, minus 225. Europa League plus 225. I don't want to say what's the best chance of them lifting a trophy because it's obviously the League Cup. But is there any Mm. value in any of those four four prices, do you think? Uh, I think we're all in the same boat, is that we were strong with Liverpool at the start of the season. So um, we're we're holding tickets that have... showing better value now that's for certain um i like them a lot in in all those tournaments to be fair i think they've got a very strong chance in the league and uh, we're, we're waiting to see what happens i think it will become a two-horse race between uh liverpool and manchester city liverpool have been the most consistent side obviously they're top of the table so it, it says they're the most consistent side so um so with that with that galvanized effect that i feel will be there with uh the the news of clock going and the, the support behind them then um, yeah, why not go and uh, sign off with a league title? Plus two fifty. I want to bet them to win the Europa League, and I want. I, and I was thinking about yesterday. I want to bet them. He's the Plus only two twenty five. The only trophy Klopp hasn't won with Liverpool. Hmm. He's won every other trophy. It's the one trophy that has eluded him. So if he's going to go all out, he, he will go all out to win that trophy. I'm telling you now. I, I, and it's a weak competition. I'm going to say, you know this, you know the second favourites, don't you, in the competition? Leverkusen, that's what I was going to say. And, 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 and <laughs> there is a chance that he could be Alonso be Klopp in, in, in the final matches of both of them. Uh, that's incredible. That, would, that, that would, would be incredible. But I do think I do think that if you can get plus 225, I know it sounds silly, but I do think that Liverpool, he'd want to go out winning every single trophy that he possibly can with Liverpool. And that is the only trophy that he's, he has eluded him. So I think out of all of them, the motivation and probably the tournament that you don't think the mo- mo- most motivation will be, obviously the Premier League's motivated, but I think the, the, the motivation to win the Europa League, to have the, to have the full set is huge. Yeah. And, well, I, and was that, was that the first final he got to? He and, got beat by got, Seville. And they got beat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and, a bit uh, of a full circle, isn't it really? Yeah. If he goes on and wins. So yeah. I, then he's won everything. And I think the Europa League is definitely the way to go. Uh, speaking about winning everything, let's see if we can get a sweep from the boys with this midweek card when it comes to the Premier League. We're going to kick off our midweek previews uh, with a Tuesday game, 2.45 Eastern, all mid-afternoon. These games, of course, they're evening games in the UK, and we've got picks on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday uh, for you. Uh, Nigel, you're first up here. Fulham, plus 138 to be Everton, plus 210. Draw, plus 240 here. Two clubs whose fans and, and uh, aren't particularly happy for very different reasons. I saw that protest from Fulham fans regarding ticket prices, but they've been knocked out of two cups in five days here. Everton, of course, could be in line for another deduction when it comes to points in the Premier League because of uh, further incidents of mismanagement. I mean, where do we stand with this and what's the play? Well, I was quite amazed that Fulham fans demonstrated about the ticket prices because it's the most affluent part of the, of the whole country, <laughs> Fulham. Yeah. I mean, if you can't afford a ticket price to go to Fulham <laughs> and you're from Fulham, 
the last time I saw scenes like that, they put the prawn sandwiches up, sandwiches up <laughs> by 50p. I mean, it was incredible scenes there. I mean, you think about it, Fulham are complaining about f- f- uh, sort of prices. What are teams like Burnley and in, in more working class areas complain? I mean, Fulham is like, it is, is the average. I, I, when I go to when I go to Fulham, people say Nigel. Fifty people turn around and look at look at the name because there's a lot of Nigels who support Fulham. Not many Nigels at, at Burnley. Uh, anyway, um, I think this is a tough, tough match for both sides. I think I think Fulham went on that crazy goal scoring run just before Christmas, didn't they? Two wild matches, five nil, five nil, and then a four three, a four three at Liverpool, narrow defeat. But since then, they've they've sort of their form has deserted them. You know they've got some players away on the African Cup of Nations and and the players away on international duty, but they're not firing at all with goals. We said at the start of the season that Mitrovic would be a big loss, and then it went through that spell where who's Mitrovic? But now they're, they're questioning again. They need that that striker. Um, their run of fixtures has been tough though. To be honest with you, look at their last four matches. They played Liverpool twice. They played Chelsea and Newcastle in cup competitions and in the Premier League and Arsenal previous to that. So they they have had a they have had a tough tough set of set of it but I don't think all is well I think if you look at Fulham I think they I, I mentioned this on numerous occasions on the on this shows and many shows over the years there's always teams that fall into that category of effectively giving up for the season Fulham will be right up there on the top of that list they're not going to go down they're out of both cup competitions now they may go through the motions Everton obviously need it more than them if you look at incentives Everton need the wins but the point deduction with a threat of more points deduction but there's a caveat to that and that is obviously Marco Silva up against his former club and obviously he he was a former Everton manager he didn't like the way he was treated at Everton he, a lot of people felt he was he was a bit, a bit unfortunate to lose his job so there is a huge incentive here um they've already played twice this season one nil on the opening day one one in the cup uh, Everton at the moment, are, I mean, in free fall. I mean, they're they're not playing at all well, and they're not scoring goals. I mean, Calvert Lewin. I mean, what has happened to him? I mean, it's incredible to see the, the, the lack of confidence for him. He's their main goal scoring threat. If you look at their last matches, I think four of their sorry, three of their last four five matches they failed to score. Um, they didn't score against Aston Villa in a nil nil draw. They played Crystal Palace in a nil nil draw. I was that was dreadful. Uh, they played Wolves at Molineux, got beat three nil. There's, there's this to me it just seems like two sides who um, who are struggling for goals presently, really struggling for goals, struggling for goals, struggling for form, and I, I had no wins in the last four for for Fulham, um, for for yeah for for Everton, sorry in the league, and I just think this is um this is an unders match. I, I haven't been betting a lot of unders recently. I've, I've sort of seen the light and gone to the overs, but I th- <laughs> I, I want to go back. I want to go back on this one. I, I just think that. The way that these two sides are at the moment, you know, lots of things going wrong off the pitch, lots of problems off the pitch, on the pitch, they're not playing well. Both of them lacking a, a striker, both of them lacking players who are, are away from international duty, like Coleman, DeCorey, Iwobi as well for Everton. So I just got a feeling here, this will be a, a low scoring game. So I'm going to go for uh, under two and a half goals at minus 113. Villa Newcastle next to tackle. This is Tuesday, three fifteen Eastern. Villa minus one one four. Newcastle plus two ninety. The draw plus two ninety five. Jack Villa coming to this off the back of a couple of nil nils. That league nil nil was uh, you know Emery's first nil nil in his ninety seventh Premier League match, which is incredible, really. But they were free scoring early this season. Just just before we get to your play, because it's not this market. But but do you think you know over as backers are, are going busted? There's a bit of regression when it comes to Aston Villa. 
Possibly there has been a little bit, hasn't there? Um, I wonder how much, again, they've had a busy schedule. So they were in Europe, haven't they? And uh, they've obviously been suddenly going from being that sort of mid-table, just outside the Europa League places, to a side that are going, oh, hang on, we're in a bit of a title race here. And that suddenly puts a little bit of caution in the play. Possibly that could be something to do with it. Um, so a combination maybe. So I think like that reset possibly could see see that come back again. Uh, obviously, the last couple of nil-nils have been in uh, away from home, which is a, a different animal for, for Villa. As regards Newcastle, um, they haven't been in great form uh, mm. over the last sort of six, seven weeks or so, but a bit of an upswing with a cup success, of course, yesterday. How are we playing this one, Jack? We're going in Villa on the money line at minus one, one, two. And um, I just feel they've been a little bit disrespected here. I think this is a bit of a name bet, really, to be fair, odds. Uh, with Villa, if this was a Manchester City, a Liverpool, someone with such, such strong home form against a, a side that I'm now going to go through what, what Newcastle are like away from home. If that was a, a Brentford or a Bournemouth, the odds would be completely different. So um, Villa have been good to me this season. This is obviously kind of the second stage of the season now for us. So I'm going to continue that theme, mainly been good, most profitable team for me to back because I'll back them a lot, especially when they're in at home. So I'm going to keep that trend going. They have been sensational at Villa Park. They've won nine of their 10 home games this season, a well-documented, fantastic record. And uh, when we stretch that back to last season, we know that they've won 16 of the last 17 home league games, which is an absolutely phenomenal record. That is the best Premier League record this season at home. So it does beat the likes of Manchester City and Liverpool, who have got exceptional records themselves. So there's absolutely no doubt about that. They've scored the most goals at home as well in the league. And no time, no team has conceded fewer either. So they, they are keeping both ends of the pitch in, in good form. So um, fourth, Let's not forget that as well. They level on points for Manchester City in second place. So they have been good across the season. As I said, their away form has been a little, um, well, it can't be better than their home form, could it? So it has been their little sort of downfall to a certain extent. But their last couple of draws that we talked about, Everton, when they dig their heels in at home, they're always tough to break down and beat. And that cup game was away at Chelsea and Villa had a goal disallowed. So slightly unlucky not to pick up the uh, passage through to the next round there. But I say, I feel they're disrespected because Newcastle, that away form is absolutely shocking. In fact, their overall form, you touched on it there, is bad. They've uh, lost six, they lost seven in the league. And uh, a little patchy piece of good form have basically been in the cup. Um, lower league team, Sunderland, they beat them. And again, we then talked about Fulham and where they're at at the moment. And they beat them at the weekend, possibly surprisingly so. But across the season, only Sheffield United, this is an incredible stat to say that only Sheffield United have got a worse away record than Newcastle, it's it's horrendous. And also, the data supports that as well. It's not like they've been underperforming or been unlucky. They've been terrible away from home and have suffered and been punished for it. They've lost their last four away in the league, and I'm taking that to be five here. We expected Newcastle to probably make some moves in the transfer market. Not been the case at all. Um, they, word is they do need to sell someone before they can buy someone for financial fair play. Um, but the rumours and rumbles are, are players leaving the club rather than those that are coming in. Trippier linked to Bayern Munich. That obviously got kind of quietened down and he said he'd never want to be anywhere else other than at Newcastle, maybe. Um, Almiron linked with a move away, all vital players. And Bruno Gimaraes, arguably one of their best players, um, agitating for a move away, possibly so. Joe Linton ruled out for the rest of the season. So it's all negativity, really, around Newcastle. 
And uh, the final factor, I feel revenge from match day one. These are obviously all the fixtures this week are the reverse fixtures from the opening game of the season. And that one where Newcastle won 5-1. So Villa at home, a different animal, as I said. And I'm taking them to make full amends on that one here. Uh, minus 1-1-2 on the money line. That's Villa to beat Newcastle, 3.15 on Tuesday. Sticking with Tuesday, slightly earlier, 3pm, Palace against Sheffield United. Uh, Palace haven't scored in their last three in all competitions. Uh, Nigel, they're minus 165 to get back on track against the Sheffield United side that have conceded the most goals in the Premier League, but have shown a little bit of fight recently. Um, the Blades are plus 510 and the draw plus 285. What's the bet here? Well, um, I live very close to Crystal Palace. Um, and my local newspaper, which is called The Shopper, The Romney Shopper, have a competition this week. And first price is two tickets to see Crystal Palace with Sheffield United. Second price is six tickets. So that shows you that shows that shows you what, what this match is this what this match is going to be like. I mean, nobody wants to go. Like you know, you can't even give the tickets away. Uh, my brother's a season ticket holder. He's won me five times. If I want to go, and I just I, I just put the phone down. I don't. I'm not, I'm not picking the call oh, up anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Washing your hair that day. I mean, the last time I went to Crystal Palace, was Crystal Palace, Everton, nil nil. I was absolutely soaking wet. I vowed to never go again. And he's asked me if I want to go to Crystal Palace, Sheffield tonight. Uh, I'm very busy. Very tempting. I, I mean, this, this, honestly, this, you couldn't think of a worse match to possibly go to. I'm joking aside, but Crystal Palace at the moment, it, it's a toxic place. I mean, you go there, the fans are on Roy Hodgson's back. He's announced that he's leaving end of the season or maybe before then, but Palace is, 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 is struggling. They're really, really struggling for the form that the fans have completely. Uh, lost faith in Hodgson. They're, they're, they're getting angry now because they've got so much young talent they can't produce on the pitch. So I was looking at Sheffield United on the money line to actually win this. I thought they were five to uh, five to one, which I, yeah. I know they're really bad and they've, we're going to talk about how bad they're on the road. And I, just, I just couldn't make a case for them, but I tell you what, the nil-nil detector, it's its its being dusted off as we speak here. I mean, I, I broke into the British Museum and got it out after the FA Cup weeks, and I need three, it back. Three nil-nils. Three nil-nils since the turn of the year. Three nil-nils. Yeah, and it, this this one here could really be nil-nil. Crystal Palace just absolutely not scoring goals. Elise is out as well. I mean, that takes all their, mm. all their goal-scoring threat. AU, their, their striker, is, is away as well. Uh, no goals in three, as you said. Uh, I mean, Crystal uh, Crystal Palace just dreadful at home. I mean, really. I mean, the performance against Arsenal. I know it was against Arsenal, but it was five 0 But the, the manner of the defeat was shocking. One of the worst performances you've seen from Palace. No heart, no desire. Eze was the only player on the pitch who tried. Who, who was who was doing anything? Um, just just really serious problems going on at Crystal Palace, and they would be right in the relegation battle if it wasn't for those three clubs at the bottom. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Despite this terrible form, they've got an awful record on the road, as, as Jack has said just earlier there in his preview of the previous match. But they only scored five goals on the road. I mean, that's the big, big problem for them. In 10 matches, five of them they failed to score and five they scored a single goal. So you can see where I'm coming from here. It's under two and a half goals again. And I don't really like doing that. But I think nil-nil or no goal score here is a real big contender because Crystal Palace in turmoil. Uh, minus 127 is the price you're going to get for that. Um, if you look at the records in this matches, uh, and they won one they won early in the season, Crystal Palace up at uh, Sheffield United, and that's that's the kind of one goal match I can see here. But I don't really like looking at um, historic sort of matches. I've said this many times before historically, but when you look at this match, um, they've met five times in the Premier League before, and all five, everyone's cashed under two and a half goals. And also in everyone, both teams have scored Noah's cash. And when you go back in their last 10 fixtures, which have been quite recently, I mean, they're playing in the championship a lot. Nine of the 10 have gone under two and a half goals and nine of the 10, both teams to score has been a no. 
And this is probably the the, the worst offering as far as an attacking uh, basis that, the, that these two sides have offered in that ten in that in that ten match period. So it, it, we know surprise. I mean, Crystal Palace, honestly, if they won one nil, the fans would just be would that be a massive result because it takes them three points more to safety. Sheffield United will come here and try to frustrate and try to hold them at bay, but they've got nothing. Palace have got nothing to throw at them. I mean, it's it's really really bad at Selhurst Park at the moment, and um, this year just honestly it screams under it screams low scoring, and um, it just God, it's kind of feeling that five to one Sheffield United is a big price, but minus one twenty seven. I'm going to say safe under two and a half goals. I mean Sheffield United plus one goal again. Sheffield United. You know, Palace to score two goals about Elise in their side, it's that's a that's a tall order. So yeah. um yeah, uh, there's a lot of there of angles I like getting with the visitors, which I have. I'm not crazy. I'm at the bottom <laughs> of the table. I have never won away, and I've only scored five goals. But I don't. Th- I think the problems at Crystal Palace have been covered up by what's going on at teams like Sheffield United. They're really hard in turmoil. So um yeah, under two and a half goals, minus one twenty seven. We go from unders to overs, and the bo- and the boys both like overs when it comes to Tottenham against Brentford uh, here. Jack, I'll, I'll let you go first. Spurs are short price favourites here at minus one fifty nine. Brentford plus three ninety. The draw plus three forty here. The goal line is three and a half with Bet Rivers plus one thirty six over minus one sixty six one sixty seven under. Uh, but we're going to go to the Asian goal line, uh, Jack, for this one. Yeah, a little bit of safety on that one. Uh, the over three Asian total at minus 120, which I think is a nice price. And um, as I said, just for those unfamiliar again, that means that if there are exactly three goals in this game, we do get a full refund on our stake. So we do need four or more for that to win, which did happen at the uh, first game of the season. These two drew 2-2, all four goals in the first half. So that would cash this one nice and early. I won't go too much into the stats because... You've alluded to it. Me and Nigel are on the same page here. We've mentioned it before. We no, do please do, our... please do. I'm, I'm not research. I, <laughs> oh, I haven't got. I haven't did got you, any Did gags. you copy it? Was it a I've little got... bit? Was it a little bit copied on the Buster no, School there? No, who, who, got... I can't. Who who put the tips in? No, first? because he, I, I'll I have that it, one. I had it down. I had it down on my list when I saw Jack put it up. See, I Lee? Thought, and then I thought to myself, that's Andy, because I've done the Jack can talk for <laughs> Jack, Jack can talk for four minutes on it, and I just go, yeah, agree, Jack. Don't don't keep going, Jack. I don't want any. Right, hang on. You keep going. Yeah, well, look, I think the main thing for me with, with this one was the players that are coming back for this game or have just come back really for both these sides. Ivan Tony, we know is a goal scorer for Brentford and they have finally got that threat. Obviously, with Embuemo not being about, being an AFCON, then that's kind of took away their real main edge without him. But with, with um, Tony back, then that does mean they've got someone who can score goals. But I think it's more than that with Brentford. He is kind of... Mr. Brentford at this moment in time, he's got that aura about him. He gives them a little bit of confidence. He's got that swagger, obviously, about himself. So they kind of feel that, oh, Ivan's up there. We we can um we can get something out of this. We can do something, and we'll we'll give it to him and, and watch the magic happen. So obviously scored on his return from that uh, long suspension as well. And on Tottenham side of that, they've obviously got a player that we all like very very much. One of my favourite players in the Premier League, James Madison, back from his injury. So a player that can pick a pass a player that will be able to provide that, the ammunition for the likes of Richarlison, for Kuliseski, obviously with Son being away on international duty himself, and can score goals. So I think that the players that we've got actually in this matchup here are going to provide plenty of entertainment, plenty of goals against two sides that can't really defend overly well. As you said, that was a 2-2 draw 
in the uh, reverse fixture at the start of the season. Last season, there was four goals in both games as well. Uh, so it's a fixture that does screen goals and both sides do um, provide, say, plenty of entertainment. There's no clean sheet in the last 10 for, for Brentford. Um, as far as Spurs are concerned, I can say it, they've scored two or more goals in seven of their 10 home games this season. Um, they've scored in each of their last 33 uh, Premier League outings, which is an incredible record. So um, that that process, as far as scoring goals is concerned, is not a problem for them. Um, I say they are just a very open side under Ange Postacoglu. They've been a joy to watch and expect this one to be a really entertaining watch because, as I said, neither of these sides are particularly strong at the back. So uh, the one player that I haven't mentioned yet is obviously another one of my favourites is Pedro Porro, a player we cashed on a couple of weeks ago. Brentford's main weakness is down their left-hand side, which is where Porro will be. So expect him to be very much involved in this one as well. Those looking at the assist market, again, will be a bit more cautious because obviously with Madison back, that'll probably take him off most of the free kicks, if not all of them, and the corners, which is where he's a main threat from. So um, wouldn't put you off it because of the open play. He'll have lots of opportunities down that right-hand side. But um, yeah, maybe not quite so strong as we were before. But yeah, over three looks an absolute perfect bet on the Asian total here at minus 120. Really good insight with Pedro Porro, incidentally, because he was on everything, wasn't he? And we cashed yeah. when he when he assisted from a corner. And again, Brentford have struggled, haven't they, with their right back uh, recently, or whichever side Porro will will uh, will attack yeah, left back. Uh, sorry, um, anything to add in terms of the stats and and thoughts when it comes to the overs, Nigel? I've got one or two other questions on the game, but what about your your overs play? I mean, you're going over three as well, not tempted over three and a half plus one thirty five. No, no, I I I. Well, I mean, Jack sort of summed it up there. Obviously, you know, the thing that played in my mind is when you mentioned last week, no team in the Premier League has cashed more over two and a half goals than Brentford. There was, I looked at their matches, 20 matches this season in the Premier League, 14 of them over two and a half and 16 under two and a half. Oh, sorry, six under two and a half. So in 14 matches, you would have got at least a push or, or a win on these matches. If you look at um, Tottenham at home, 10 Premier League matches, only two of them have seen under three goals. So eight of them you would have had a push or or a uh, or a win. Um, obviously, with the players coming back, Madison, I've highlighted Madison. With all, everybody's highlighted Tony. I mean, it was a huge gamble him to score at any time in his return and he, and he obliged. Uh, it just got, got that feel. And I think Tottenham will put in a performance because they were really bitterly disappointed in that performance against Manchester City in the Cup. I mean, it was really unlike Tottenham. It was flat. Poster Cogley's interview after the match, I don't know if you saw it, he was completely and utterly downbeat. And he was he knew effectively that their season was over. And then they, they may get a Champions League place if they're lucky, but um that's it. They can't win a cup. And I just I just feel that he might go all out here to get that they crowd could, back do, on do his you side. Think Spurs, do you think Spurs might might cover that three goals themselves? Uh, that's a tall order. I think three is a tall order, but I, I just think that, you know, I, I like playing markets around about minus 120 to about plus 110. Three and a half, if it was three, you'd be devastated, wouldn't you? I just think the, under two and the jump between, I, I think the best bet here would be the three rather than the two and a half. A lot of people might play two and a half, but it's, that's quite heavy minus money. And, you know, when, when Tottenham or Brentford do go over, they go over quite a bit. So they could bring in the three and a half, but I just think we'll see a real, real different performance from Tottenham. They're really flat in that cup game. The manager who's been a breath of fresh air in the Premier League was he was bitterly disappointed, and I just think he'll say, "I'll do it," and I'll say, you know, "Like, get, get on, mate, just get out there and do something better <laughs> the, the next day." Uh, where, where, where's, also, where's he? Where's he from? Uh, Northeast, Leicester. Leicester. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm going to go over three goals, minus one twenty. I expect a big performance from Tottenham, and I think Brentford with Tony will 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 get on the score well, sheet as well. Look, there, there, there's a question. Look, t Tony's plus four. 
140 to get the first goal, plus 138 to score at any time, minus 200 not to score. Jack, if, if Tony's not back, are, are you still playing over three goals in this? Is, is Tony a big factor in the play? I think Spurs I might cover three themselves, personally, yeah. but is, is Tony the one that sort of just tips it over for you? As I said, I think Tony gives them a bit of a, a, a belief and I think that they will con- be able to contribute more with him there. And as you say, you know what Spurs are about. They can go and rip a side apart and they'll keep pressing. That's the great thing with Spurs. And when you're playing them on the over, if they go two up, they're not going to go, well, that will do us. So they, they are the side that will keep the foot on the floor and look to score three, four, five goals. Um, but in doing so, leave themselves open at the back and uh, they can be can be picked off. And Brentford like to play that way as well. So it's a perfect matchup as shown at the start of the season and last season, for goals with both sides contributing. When you when you play over three goals, though, uh, Dan, you really need both teams to contribute to the goal scoring, don't you? I mean, you're you saying, yeah, you, you, want, you think Tottenham can cover that on their own. Yeah, you only really get that when Man City are at home to a Sheffield United or, or a Luton or teams at the bottom of the table. They can get four or five. And then the goal line is three and a half, maybe mm. sometimes even 3.75. So when you've got a game like this, three goals, you really need the opposition to contribute to the goals as well. And with Tony in, obviously Brentford's goals go up. I mean, what would they be in for? About I don't know, 0.6 of a goal, 0.5 of something like, I don't want to score, not to score about 0.6, but with Tony and it go up by 0.2 mm. of a goal. So that, he's, he's that much of an influence for them. So you would see, it does make a big difference having him in the side because you could get lucky and cash Tottenham on their own, but you, when you're playing three, you need both teams to really contribute and Brentford's chance of scoring a goal with him, you know, Set, set pieces, free kicks, penalties. He's, you know, he's, he's, you're going to have, you need him in your team. So without Tony in it, I don't think I'd probably play the bet. But he has. If you're liking your angle attack, Dan, you'll probably look at a team total with Tottenham rather than playing over three yeah. and a half. You think yeah. that that would be an, that, I don't know. Be. It's, it's, it's just an interesting one, isn't it? It's, uh, all the markets correlate and, and Brentford are very different, as you've pointed out, Jack, when, when he plays. Um, he has scored and then not scored. Alternatively, uh, over the course of the last sixteen Premier League um, appearances, so he's due not to score if that uh, if that sequence. But continues. on the flip side of that, Dan, we're playing we're playing this market over three goals. We're playing it about Tottenham's top goal scorer in Sons. You know, like you know, yeah, you know, we 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 we're saying that uh, Tottenham have enough about them to to get the goals, and, and Brentford with Tony enhances the chance of them scoring, which put them together makes the over three goals a bet. Wolves versus Manchester United Thursday, 3.15 Eastern. Wolves are plus 180. Manchester United plus 145. Draw is plus 265. Money line again, Jack, seems out with Manchester United. It happens nearly every single week. How are Manchester United plus 145? You've gone for Wolves here, but with a, a more cautious play, Jack. It is a cautious or more cautious play. It's a Wolves tie no bet, but it's still plus money, which I, when I saw it, was pretty much the first one for me here at plus 104. I was like, that's just disrespectful to Wolves. And it's given far too much credit to Man United. And I mentioned it earlier on playing a name or odds because of a name. It can't, can only be that with Man United because they've been terrible. They, they have been inconsistent. But I wouldn't say I'm trying to recall a time when I looked at United over a course of a game or a run of a few games and gone, yeah, that they've impressed me. They never was, seem was... to be in control, do they? They never no. seem to be in control of a football match. You saw that against Newport yesterday. Exactly. A, a, a team in the fourth tier of English football in the FA Cup. And there are key elements for, for Man United is that they do take their eye off the ball. 
wouldn't surprise me to see Wolves score early in the second half here because Man United just don't seem to switch on. And another thing they don't seem to like to do, which is the tough part of the game, is track those midfield runners. The amount of times they get bypassed through midfield and they get flooded the box and then around the box. And with Wolves, that key man at this moment in time, back fit and looking exceptionally good, scored at the weekend in the Cup and was impressive against Brighton. And if they had someone who could score goals that day, they would have beaten Brighton that night away from home. And that's Pedro Neto, sensational player, brilliant on the break. Plays down that right-hand side, which has been a problem area for Man United as well. Luke Shaw was back at the weekend, but will he play or not? We're not sure, um, given the you know, the quick um, turnaround in games. But yeah, I think that just looking at the, the records here, this is just not priced up right. And I want to take advantage of it. And yeah, if you want to be super aggressive on the money line, but we, we can get the Tino bet here. on our. So effectively, there's a draw that means we get a full refund on our stake um, and have a bit of a free swing at Wolves beating them at, still at plus money. Um, so this game was the first game of the season and it sort of set the trend, didn't it? Man United were awful that night, sort of fluked a 1-0 win. Wolves surprised plenty, loads of shots, loads of attempts at goal. Impressed and should have got something out of that game. Contentious decisions going against them. I said that was a bit of a trend for the course of the season. Um, but Gary O'Neill impressed that night. He's impressed going forward since then. And I think he's been certainly highly regarded. His stock has risen throughout the course of the season. He's got his side playing some attractive football. We mentioned it previously. Nigel talked about it when we played those games and uh, that Wolves, our image of Wolves has switched from the start of the season where I did fade them. And um, I, I was, we say plus, I was pro United that day. And that's probably about the last time I've been pro Man United all season. But you look at just the, the, the basic stats now, they picked up 10 points Wolves in their last four league matches. So a good run of form. They're one of the more informed sides in the Premier League. They're unbeaten in the last eight at home as well. And they've had a tough run of fixtures there as well. They've beaten Man City, Spurs and Chelsea at home. They've also had draws against the likes of Villa and Newcastle there as well. So there's been no easy task for them there. No winning four for Man United away from home in the league. Last time out on the road, they lost to Nottingham Forest, who we know are struggling down towards the bottom of the league as well. We mentioned Sheffield United earlier. Five goals scored away from home this season. That's the only side that has scored fewer goals than Man United on the road this season in the league. They've scored nine goals in their 10 away games, which is ridiculously bad. And as I say, they struggled past Newport uh, at the weekend, having been two goals up and then gone and switched off. And Newport took advantage of that. So Wolves can take advantage. And I don't think United are very good at all. But when they're playing sides that are um, in their face and a bit aggressive, and you know Wolves will be like that as well. And all the sounds, again, coming out of United are just poor. It's Marcus Rashford again in the headlines because he he just can't seem to get in his head that he's an actual a, a athlete, a professional, high-profile athlete. And he can't, seems to do what he wants. And, you know, again, it's something that Ten Hag is having to deal with behind the scenes when he's already struggling to get his side performing on it. So, for me, this looks a big price. Wolves, tiny bet, plus 104. Really like this one, Nigel. Better the weekend, uh, better the weekend, better the midweek slate for me. What do you think, Money Light? It's all wrong, isn't it, Nigel? I, I, I do. I think, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I don't like the fact that Wolves played West Brom on Sunday, ahead of this game. I think that's that's a big, big match. emotionally. That, that emotionally yeah. it, match. I mean, emotionally for the fans. I'm not sure about the players. I don't know. Obviously, the awful scenes we saw on the pitch. They've been built up as a big, big match. I think. Mm. That, I think I wouldn't have liked that. I mean, if Wolves, if Wolves had played an easier FA Cup match and gone through against right that someone else, I would I, I would go with it. I can see the point. I was very tempted to go under two and a half goals in this match as well. I thought this looked mm. a real tight game. Yeah. Neil Neil Detector again could be out here. <laughs> uh, I think it's a low scoring one, but um, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I, I've been impressed with Wolves, and I think Wolves will 
go out for revenge on that first of the season. But my only downside to it was that is that West Brom game. I, I looked at the match and I thought it should be. I honestly made it a pick and match. I thought it was a 50-50 match. Like, but the fact that uh, Man United overwhelming favourites does lean to be the value mm. for Wolves. But I am it's worried juicy about in that. that. I'm, I'm worried about yeah. that FA Cup game. Uh, Matez Cunha incidentally scored and assisted in his last two home games um, in all competitions, plus 188 to score at any time. We haven't got a pick from the boys in the big game of the midweek slate. It is Liverpool versus Chelsea, but I'll just get some brief thoughts on it anyway. Nigel, Liverpool minus 177, Chelsea plus 440, draw plus 360 here. Wednesday, 3.15 Eastern. Any leans in this game? What do you think? First Premier League game since Jurgen Klopp announced that he was leaving. Obviously, they have played at Anfield since then against Norwich in the Cup. But this is Chelsea. It's going to be emotional, obviously. And he leans in this one. You've got to get with Liverpool. I think their home record is just so strong that I think they'll be too too uh, big for uh, for Chelsea. This It's the start. This is going to be the Carabao Cup final, isn't it? Chelsea against Liverpool. Both of those matches were, were, were perfect football matches. I mean, both of them ended nil-nil. A lot of draws <laughs> between these matches. If you go, if you have you seen the head-to-head record between these two sides over recent years? No, it's go on. unbelievable. Um, the last seven between these two teams have been a draw. Last seven matches. Premier League already this season was one-one. Last year they met twice, nil-nil. The year before, two nil-nils at Wembley, a two-two and a one-one. So if you like your stats, listen, you... I've been telling you about draws since the start of January. You've been you've been back in draws selective, since the start of January. Selective, You're absolutely selective. flying. Although the draw percentage has jumped from ten percent to twenty percent, so the value's gone there. Yeah. Um, so what what were we saying? Draw lean lean. Uh, well, I'm just saying the stats. I, I think Liverpool are probably edge it. I think yeah. the home form is so good. But if you if you're following your stats and your trends, seven matches last seven all been mm. draws, Jack. and four and four nil nils in that period. Four nil nils. Mm. Jack, yeah, I have to buck the trend in this one. This does look like it should have goals in it. As you say, if you're going to follow historicals, then you'd you'd go against it. But um, out of anything, have a go on 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 over goals here. Players wise, someone like Cole Palmer just seems to keep impressing week in week out. So given these away at Liverpool, you're you're going to get a better odds on him doing something. Um, be it a shot on target, be it a um a, a goal. Um, Liverpool still look a little bit <laughs> suspect at the back. So um. A, Chelsea opener and um, Liverpool will go on to win it. That's kind of how I'd, I'd, I'd picture the game. But yeah, it should be a crack in atmosphere, obviously, for the reasons we've talked about already. Yeah, just trying to look at a price for Cole Palmer. Uh, just one shot on target, so over a half. He's minus 152, which mm, seems um, pretty short, doesn't it? But yeah. he's going to play centrally again, you would have thought, as he did against Villa in the Cup in midweek. Uh, all right, that's uh, Liverpool versus Chelsea. No official plays in that one, but it'd be an interesting game nonetheless. Let's get some best bets before we wrap up. Nigel, what's your best play of this midweek card? Just just one thing about uh, Chelsea and Liverpool. Since the Premier League was formed, 28 draws between these two sides. It's incredible, that. Draw. Anyway, back the draw. I'm going to back the draw. I back the. I, but listen, Amazing. I'm making. I'm making bundles back in the. You're draw on the draw. You're on the draw. This one. I'm back in the draw. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I might do. Oh. I don't know. I might tell. See. See what the team uses. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, went in and he whoa. <laughs> I'm going to go under two and a half goals in Palace with Sheffield United as my best bet. Minus one twenty-seven. Two shocking sides in bad form. Minus one twenty-seven. Jack, what's your best play? Where there's dark, there is light. And I bring the light. I'm going for over three Asian total in that uh, Spurs versus Brentford game. 
Interesting. Like it. Uh, Nigel Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with your plays. That is a wrap for week 22 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. We are back later this week as we look ahead to the weekend action. For now, though, from all of us, it is goodbye.